Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to The Sherlock's Podcast, your guide to a more stylish life. Hello and welcome to the Sherlock's podcast with me, Rhea Cartwright. I am joined today by Sherlock's very own Sherry Andrews lifestyle editor and the chief hairess of black hair herself, award-winning hairstylist, best-selling author, baker, mother, friend, Charlotte Mensah. Welcome, ladies. Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Charlotte, I feel like we need to start with you. You've got t- over 20 years of experience. As I said, you have got your own line, which is doing phenomenally well. Mm-hmm. You've got the hair lounge in Portobello. You've got a book. You make cakes <laughs> uh, also, which I feel like is award-winning at this point. Tell us, let's start at the beginning. Yeah. Why, why hair? Um, do you know what? I never, ever thought I was going to be a hairdresser growing up. I, um, you know, lived in Accra with my grandparents. So I was born in London. I left at the age of three months to live with my grandparents, mainly because they had just come into, they moved to the UK in 1962. And I was the sixth child they had in 1970. And it was just very difficult to like have this, you know, the space. Also, they both worked around the clock. And at the time, they were advised to either send me off to foster parents or... They were advised to do yeah, that? Yeah, no. friends. Some friends were sending their kids off to out of London. Wow. So basically, they would, you know, send the kids off for like maybe a month. And then at the end of the month, they... And my mum was like very close to her own mother. So she had obviously spoken to um, my grandma and the grandma said, just bring her back to Accra. So here I, I go at the age of three months in a Moses basket with a hair oasters. Can you imagine just handing wow. your child over? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. So, so no one flew with you? I think it was a family friend, but it okay, was wow. really like, wow. yeah. So I arrive in Accra, three months old. Grandma and grandfather, they were like all over me. I was like the child that came in a Moses basket. Aww. We were the only family that had a house. Like in the areas, it was a developing area. So it was just like almost like a novelty and like a bit of a celebration when I arrived. So my grandfather would literally take me everywhere. My grandma was this woman who just could do everything. She could do hair. She had a big clay oven. She used to bake all these cakes and breads and biscuits. That's where the cakes came from. (laughs) (laughs) And the thing is like, you know, she had eight children. All her eight children had lots of children as well. So there was close to about 47 of us. 47? Yeah, that lived in this house. So there was, it was like a oh, massive wow. compound house, they called it. So mm. all the rooms were at the back. And then in the middle of the house was where all the cooking, the washing, wow. all the everyday chores took place. Mm-hmm. So growing up, I had a very, very atmospheric it was very joyful grandma was a very prayerful woman we never went to the doctors she would just pray on some water or put some oil on our foreheads yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. if you had a headache within 15 minutes it disappeared so I grew up around 
a very powerful woman who had lots of skills. Literally, she would buy fabrics, make our clothes. It was just an amazing place to be. And then there was this law that you had to get back to the UK if you're born here before the age of 16. So then my mum and dad said, look, 11 years, you know, before Charlotte gets to 11, could she come back? So mm -hmm. I was excited. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to London. Mm. Never really lived with my mum before. I mean, she'd been to Ghana to see us on holiday, but never had the um, any experience of, yeah. like, mother and daughter. I'd always had grandmother and aunties, mm -hmm. cousins. So I was really excited, got to London, and honestly, like, I think it was the worst thing that happened to me in London because I just could not believe how different the two places were yeah. you know it was really cold it was November everybody was walking very fast <laughs> nobody smiled at anyone and I was like oh I'm coming from a place where all you see is smiles and mm. atmosphere and this there's this place that is just it looks like everyone's in a hurry so anyway I joined my mom it was a very different kind of home because she was now divorced lived in the flats in Stonebridge, it was, it was quite isolated. Yeah. So I was used to the atmosphere in Ghana with the playing, the kids, you know, arguing. A lot of community. A lot like of community. For me, when you were mm. mentioning the house, to me, I, I hear community. Yeah, you know, connection. 47, 48 yeah, people. It was yes. a lot. Yeah. It was a lot, but it was still very organized. It wasn't, because whenever I tell the story, everyone's like, oh, it must have been tough. I said, no, it was actually, blissful. it was yeah. the best yeah. thing. You know, we played together, we shared, we connected. It was, very yeah it was really really nice and then january came i started school green uniform short hair dark skin walked into the school and everybody was laughing they were like oh you african you boo boo you're the only mm. black child in the school no the it was african actually in wembley oh, okay. it was, was like mixed. it was actually a lot of kids from everywhere jamaica yeah. barbados but there was this real sort of segregation between yeah. west indians and africans it was like mm. you know i had like, I was like, I just thought everybody was the same because growing up in Ghana, I never really experienced any kind of racism because you never describe someone by their color. Yeah, you yeah, just yeah. said, this is Mr. Mensa or Mrs. Smith or whatever. You never said the black woman or this. Yeah. You just knew someone mm -hmm. as the doctor, the lawyer. You never ever sort of, so I didn't have any inclination that there's a some sort of dispute or yeah, yeah, disagreement yeah. between mm -hmm. So I just thought everybody was like me, like, you know, and I just couldn't believe it. And I used to think, why didn't anyone want to be my friend? Why didn't they want to play with me? Literally, I was shouted at, you're stupid, I got spat on. Like, honestly, it was oh, horrendous. Wow. To hear to hear that, that was in the 70s. No, that must have been the 80s. Early 80s. Yeah, early 80s, yeah. And you were a child. Yes. Is, you know, I think when people talk about racism and lack of racism mm -hmm. and i'm like there's there is still quite a lot of stuff i mean the yeah. 80s isn't, isn't it's very recent it you know, it's very, very. Not about the 1800s mm -hmm. like yes. the 1980s just, yeah 30 40 recent. years ago yeah. yeah and all i kept saying to my mom when i go home is like please can you just buy me a ticket i just want to go, go back, back to ghana Aww. i felt i had so much love i have so much friends there as well that just like me for me i didn't have mm. to be anything but this school was very much like all the kids had like cornrows relaxed hair, beads, long hair to their shoulder. And my hair, I swear to God, it was about, you would call it Tina Weenie Afro right now. It was like <laughs> two, two inches long because in Ghana, there was this policy that everybody had to have their hair short. 
okay, because they yeah. wanted us to focus on our schoolwork and not on vanity. Oh, so okay. the boy and the girl, everybody had the same hair. Okay. So all of us had short hair. There yeah, was yeah, no yeah. long mm-hmm. hair. So I was like, mum, I have to like at least try and look like some of these girls because... So she then said, okay, the only other way is to like maybe start threading your hair. Do you know what? Let's explain for people at home, maybe don't know what threading, like I know what it means Mm -hmm. because I've heard you speak about it a lot, but I feel like people are going to hear threading and think of eyebrow threading. Yes. Yes. Can you just explain what hair threading that you're talking about Yeah, so hair threading is like a a type of braiding, but you're using like cotton thread to section the hair and just twist the hair around from the, the roots to the end. Mm-hmm. And you can bend them in different shapes. I remember like getting my hair threaded and getting bullied. And then in 2017, I did the same hairstyle for Erica Badu. And it literally went viral. And everyone's like, oh my God, you're amazing. But I remember having to go through so much pain. I mean, I was literally picked up by three students when I walked into the oh, classroom wow. because my mom had styled it in a way that it looked like hooks and these three boys picked me up and said oh we're gonna hang you on the ceiling so they tried to literally oh, no. yeah god I and mean, i've heard some of these stories yeah. you know before and i never i'm never not shocked mm-hmm. obviously i know like you know kids even kids of today they can be kids are mean you know yeah. like mm-hmm. doesn't matter what gender kids mm. can be really mean but how when you look back on that time now and especially for me, when you said about when, when you had the, the threads versus then when doing it for Erica Badu, which is mm. just insane. Mm-hmm. And that kind of full circle moment, do you kind of feel like, is that a cathartic experience or is there pain when you're then still, is there pain, like, do you still hold any of that pain when you're doing certain things now? Or is it? Not really, you know, because I feel like I've worked on myself so much as well, like, especially um, coming from that home from my grandmother. Like, because we were a very spiritual family and we believed in prayer and fasting. And so I ha- I had a lot of, um, how can I put it? I had a lot of maybe tools, I should say, even yeah. though I went mm-hmm. through all of that. Like people would meet me and say, God, you're so, you're so grounded. You're so like, you know, you, you're so free from all of it. But I feel like I'm, you know, every day it's like, you know, I'm doing hair. I'm, there's someone in my chair and I can feel them I can see their pain and so it's almost like even though I had no idea I was going to be a hairdresser the whole journey it's like it was ordained that way do you know what I mean because I was literally you know pushed to the ground and suffered for having short hair and bullied you know my schoolwork really suffered so I kind of lean more towards the creatives, mm. like, I mean, when I was in Ghana, I was so brilliant, so good at math, so good at English. I was like the best in my class for everything. But the kind of trauma that happened that at that 13 was just so, I can't even describe what it is, but you know, it was yeah. hard. I mean, mm. like who cares about yeah. Pythagoras theorem when you're going through like yeah. real exactly. life trauma? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I think, you know, even at school, like, People say, oh, you're so sad today. And I'll be like, yeah, you know, I'm all right. And a friend of mine had said that there's this amazing salon in the West End called Splinters and she's going for the apprenticeship. So then it made me think it sounded like the kind of atmosphere that was missing Mm. from Ghana. So then I thought, oh, that could be a good place for me. So then I put my name when the careers officer came at the age of 15, I put my name down as well. And I said, I think I want to go to this place, too, because she seems so happy she was a year older than me and, you know, she'll come back 
to the school and like meet us and say, oh, you know, I had a really good day. So-and-so came in, they were playing this music. So I was like, I want to go there. <laughs> so, so I applied and then I got the interview. And that very day I went for my interview. I think Winston, the owner, Winston Isaacs, I mean, Splinters was like the first black salon to open in the mm. UK. Wow. The way he opened the door, even just coming out of Oxford Circus Station, walking down Regent Street, going to this five-star salon was like yeah. something that you saw in a movie. So it was like, oh my God, this is like, didn't even think I could be in a place like this. So when the door opened, and he's such a lovely man, he, you know, he said, oh, Charlotte, you're from Ghana? I said, yeah. And they would... He was saying, tell me a bit about yourselves. And I told him about my mum passing away. And I think he just said, you know what? I need to give this girl this job, you know? And Splinters was that place that was that atmosphere. You know, it had three floors. It was like 30 stylists, lots of juniors. And it was that busy sort of compound houses. Mm. Like it reminded mm. me of that again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, um, you know, the fact that there was all of these sort of celebrities like Diana Ross, Janet Jackson... Like, literally everybody will come to this salon. Oh my it's gosh, so mad wow. to me that when I hear stories about Splinters, yeah. and that was, eight, like, years, decades yeah. ago, mm -hmm. and we st we don't have anything like, like that it. again no. now. It to that scale. Yes. Mm -hmm. is crazy. In, is uh, in crazy. that area, at that scale, with yeah. celebrities Maddox going, Street. we don't yeah. have anything like that yeah. now. It was just so refreshing to see, like, mm. all of this amazing black excellence that would come in. Mm. You know, they were all running their own businesses or they've flown in. People flew in from everywhere, Nigeria, you know, America. So it was like, it gave me back that sense of community that yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yearning for. And then also I got to um, attend London College of Fashion, which was just down the road. And that was at the time of Stella McCartney, Alexandra McQueen. So it was such a good wow. time. This was 86 yeah. to 88. For black creatives now within hair, I know obviously you, you know you care a lot about education and mentorship mm. for people in hair and not just hair. Do you think opportunities are there now, or you think it's a little bit harder? Has social media helped? Is it hindered? Yeah. How do you I think? I feel like it's a yes and no because I think um, there is lots of opportunities out there, but you kind of have to create your own because I feel like there's so much copy and pasting. Yeah. So everybody's doing the same thing. Everyone's bringing out a brand. Everywhere you look, it's just so overly yes. saturated. The poor consumer is like a junkie. They don't even know what they're doing anymore because it's <laughs> like, you know, there's about 50 yeah. million shampoos. Yeah. It's a cleaning agent. You only need one. You just need your hair clean, right? Mm -hmm. But I feel um, young people right now just need to really tap into, like, who they are and the message that they have for the world rather than just looking at, Joy's work and thinking, oh, she's got this thing. I want to do the same thing. You don't know yeah. what's behind it. You don't know how they got there. I feel it should be more that rather than just, oh, I'm bringing out a brand because I can't find something for my hair. There's so much opportunities. I travel a lot back and forth to Ghana, um, even other parts of Africa. There's so much happening. You just mm. need to really find what it is that you want to do. And, and learn, learn, you know, and it's a process. So take your time, have patience. And maybe if you do want to bring out a brand, maybe bring out one product, see how that works. Yeah, yeah, Does it yeah. need a bit of tweaking? Does it work? Do a tester instead of bringing out so many. That's such mm -hmm. a yeah. good point. I yeah. remember um, Bobby Brown said that recently, mm. you know, so a lot of people ask her, well, how do you start yeah. a brand? Like, how mm. do you have the capital to yeah. start a brand? And she was like, 
You don't need much. You can yeah. start with one product. Exactly. But mm. people would think that you have to start with, with 10 or yeah. 20, yeah. Like, depending on it. It's just like, mm. start with one really good yeah. one. Mm -hmm. Like become known for yes. that. I think you're, you're right. I mean, people just, they're a brand. Obviously I see it in my mm. job a lot. Just <laughs> brands yeah. every day. Like yeah. I can get 20 brand emails a day. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it's like, we don't actually need all of no. this. Yeah. It can be a bit of a red flag as well. Yeah. There's so much. It's like, what do yeah. I actually yeah. need? And I think yeah. it looks easy. You know, when you're there posting or, oh yeah, I just want to announce that I've done this and done that. It looks really, but only that person knows what they're going through. Only that person who has the brand, who has the business, know how hard it is. Talk to us about Hair Lounge. Mm -hmm. When was it when you opened the salon? So I opened a salon in 1999. So before that, after my training, I worked for a few salons. Um, I rented a chair in a European salon. So that's how I built my oh, clientele. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then someone told me about the Princess Trust. So I went to the Princess Trust and they helped me to put a business plan together. And I was awarded a grant and a soft loan. So I was able to um, open my first salon at the age of 29. Wow. Yeah. So it was quite, it was quite a lot because I really wanted to shop on the high street. And I remember going through all of those Portobello Road, Labrador Grove, Westbourne Grove, mm. and I'll see the number and they'll say to let, and I'll ring up and they'll say, so sorry, it's gone. And I'll walk past again a week later and the still sign empty. is still up. So can you imagine that I had to literally get a white friend to ring up for the salon no. that I'm in now? Yeah. So my first salon was actually in a business center. I didn't even have a shop front because I could not find a shop anywhere. Nobody wanted to give me the space. They're like, oh, but I said, I have a business plan. I already had, um, and you had money. rented a chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've already got my own savings. I have the grant. I have this. Mm -hmm. They didn't want to know. They just said, oh, your business is not viable. I said, what do you mean it's not viable? I'm actually starting a business with 50 clients. Mm, That's more than huge. enough. Yeah. yeah. You know, and they, nobody, they just looked at you like, oh. It's another That's black crazy. business. And this yeah. is in 99. Like, this is so recent. So from about 97 to 99, yeah. I was looking for a space. Oh, and yeah, so it was just like going around in circles. So in the end, I saw this business center. On my, I just came back from Italy on a holiday. And then someone just said to me, go in there and ask. There's a unit in there for you. So I literally took a, a shop unit that was next to a guy that made belts. So I wasn't even supposed wow. to be in It was quite industrial. Where was where was that? Kilburn Park Road. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I turned that unit into a salon. And then um, from there, the 50 clients grew over like a period of a year and a half to like over 500. Oh, wow. yeah. Goodness. Yeah. So then I moved to the salon that I'm in now on Portobello. Which is a great. And you've yeah. Yeah. Have you been? Oh, we've got to get you in. I have to come in. Yeah, we've, to come we're in. launching the salt scrub soon, so hopefully, fingers Ooh, crossed, that we'll lovely. get you in. It's to, such yeah. a good, and mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, hearing all the like for me, it's like the threads of how community is so tied yeah. into your life, mm -hmm. and then where the salon is now. Yeah, is like people will just come by and just oh, like yes. come and chat to you yeah. and wave. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. It's so mm -hmm. nice. It's an amazing space because it's a space where you'll have like a super, super Hollywood star next to the young girl who just works in retail, who just, you know, saved up her money done. and wants to get yeah, her yeah, hair yeah. done. Yeah. But all having a conversation together. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think that is so nice. And you've had people that have had references written by maybe a top lawyer who sat next to them because they need to get... Wow. The, it's been... That's so I feel like it's a bit... It kind of reminds you of Mangrove. 
Mm. Yes. You know, it's okay. small acts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the way yeah. Where people yeah, came yeah. in and yes, they yeah. need maybe a form field or mm-hmm. someone to help them to do their personal statement. Mm. It's yeah. like we're all like family. 100 yeah, it's, yeah. it's it transcends mm. yeah hairdressers yeah. yeah it's almost like mm-hmm. a hairdressers is like not not an insult yeah. but it's like it's more than that it's, yeah it's, it's a so cultural yeah. hub yeah it's say. such a like honestly black excellence and mm. not just blacks everyone i'm in now we've got asians we've got jewish people just love that warmth that welcome yeah. you know because everyone's working so hard Mm-hmm. And to go somewhere where people like honestly, genuinely receives you mm-hmm. with yeah, that, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. yeah, it's it's very rare to find in this day and age. Definitely, so, you know that sharing, the connection, yeah, yeah, love. Yeah. And my mum's name was Love. Wow. Yeah, my mum's name was Love. So that's what I named my charity. Mm-hmm. After. You've got a charity. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So I I started that foundation like properly three years ago during COVID. Wow. So I find that so many young people get in touch with me and they just want someone to mentor them, mm-hmm. but especially in Ghana, because for you to get training, you have to pay. Mm, and right, a lot of yeah. them are very talented, but poverty, you get someone 15, they've got two kids. That's a lot. Yeah. I started a little tree near my house. I just brought all my tools there and we sat outside and we started cutting hair, showing wow. them how to... You know, it's really just do blow dry. the power. You know, people say, like, oh, I'd love to do this. And it's like, they've been saying it for years and I've never mm, done it. Yeah. And then for you to say that you started a charity because you could see that something needed to be done mm. and just took your hair toolkit yeah. in front of a tree mm-hmm. and just did it. Yeah. yeah. There's not really, there's actually no excuse for people mm-hmm. to be like, yeah. oh, I'm, I'm too busy. He's like, we're all busy. Yeah. But if you care, you get it done. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they really inspire me as well because just seeing all the hardship and all the you know all the adversities that they go through but mm-hmm. they're able to turn up and also i've seen one of them is open a shop since wow. we've been doing it she's opened her own shop that's amazing yeah and we just oh. did a documentary for cnn it's called change makers i send you the link oh and we went to her store mm-hmm. and she was like, knees, like yeah <laughs> add that to the list <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it was amazing. I feel like the black hair experience in the UK has still, it's improved so much. Mm. But I feel like it's something that if you're not black, you don't actually understand that mm. as a concept. Yeah. So I guess for people listening, not watching at home, mm-hmm. um, we are all different skin tones mm. and types. Mm-hmm. Like so Sherry and I are both mixed race, mm-hmm. whereas Charlotte is full black. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, Sherry, have you grown up with your hair? I'm lucky that I've got three older sisters oh. and my oldest is actually 20 years older than me. Oh, wow. So when I was a baby, she was an adult. So thank goodness she, I had sisters oh. to show me the products to use, mm-hmm. the, what to do, what not to do. Yeah. Like don't straighten your hair, don't use these products. Oh. Do you never straighten yours? No, not anymore. I actually had a very um, poignant moment in my life when I threw away my straighteners. I actually mm. threw them down the bin. Sorry, the environment. Yeah. Um, and I thought, no more. This was yeah. maybe like 10 years ago. I'm not doing it because it's just... I just I just feel my most me with my natural curly hair. Yeah. So luckily, because I had older sisters, they could show me what to do. Mm. My mum is, is white um, and doesn't really have any... Any skills with hair, bless her. She tries, but she, when my older sister was younger, just didn't really know what to do because yeah. they had Afro hair. My hair's a little bit more more fine. Um, mm. So yeah, it's been it's been a journey. But I feel like once I got rid of my straighteners, embraced my natural curls, just thought I don't want to straighten it anymore. But when you're younger, you're like, 
everyone has a bit of an identity crisis. Yeah. And you, you, as you were saying, Charlotte, you want to fit in. Mm-hmm. Everyone around you, where I was when I was younger, like university school, everyone was white, basically. Yeah. So um, you more, I guess, what's the word? You just get more influenced mm. by your surroundings yeah, and yeah, wanting yeah. to fit in. So, um, but yeah, curly all the way now. It's interesting because so, I feel like you've been at the forefront of like the natural hair movement. Mm-hmm. Cause it's, it's just, well, not for you, it's not a movement. You've, mm. just all, you've always been about natural hair. Yeah. And I guess seeing from when you started to now, how societally mm-hmm. there's so much more acceptance now is so powerful to know mm-hmm. that that's something that you've always been so passionate about and adamant about. And when you kind of look at the way things are now, and I, like, I can imagine, for example, I remember myself going to job interviews, mm. like, I don't know, obviously quite a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but within the last 10 years and like straightening my hair, being like, I want to go to the hair to the interview. With... There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Straight hair Mm. because I reckon I'll get perceived and I do get perceived differently mm. when my hair's straight to curly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But how do you see it in terms of in your industry when it's kind of like uh, with covers or mm. red carpet? Are people with textured hair now more embracing or what's it been like? Yeah, I think it's so much better now. Like I feel like on the red carpet and adverts in yeah. mm-hmm. billboards, the athletes, entertainment, everywhere, everyone is celebrating, honouring their God-given texture, I think it's a great time. I've never seen so much braids in my life, even on the the way here in the taxi. I was like, literally every woman I've seen has got braids on. It's like in the 90s again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, me too. Have you ever had I've braids? never had braids, oh, but um, you gotta come in. I have to. I have yeah, to. Yeah, we had I a will. little braid bar carnival, and it was like I a saw, queue. Yeah, I, I saw, saw it. it. was like a queue. I was like, wow, everybody wants braid. It was so mm-hmm. fun. You know, no one's saying not to blow dry your hair sometimes, but I think it's all about learning to really accept the hair that comes yeah, out. Yeah, 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 definitely. And also, like you know, just learning to maintain it mm-hmm. so that it grows and it's healthy, rather than just. Yeah. Going against it and then you end yeah. up just abusing it and then yeah, it's hard to grow it. For sure, there's something around, you know, health, mm-hmm. health over aesthetics, which I feel yes, like is the same with like all parts yeah. of beauty. Yes. Mm-hmm. But yes. I think especially in hair, it's it's so, we were saying this before we started, like it's so intimate. Mm-hmm. And I feel like as for women or for, you know, people that present themselves as women, mm-hmm. hair is so tied to femininity. Yes. yes. So when that is then tied to, a Eurocentric yeah. standard. Mm, it's yeah. like, okay, so my, my hair needs to be long and straight <laughs> and mm-hmm. thick and, and luscious <laughs> and shiny. And it ain't none of those things. Yeah. So like, what are you meant to do? do yeah. So you know, true. It's, it's, um, 
I think it's yeah. the, the health, I think, that your focus on her health has yeah, been so pioneering, really. Yeah. I was saying to Sherry before we started, <laughs> but like, before I met you, obviously, you know, Charlotte, your name is like, is synonymous with black hair. Yeah. And beauty industry. And everyone was like, she's so nice. And I was like, <laughs> this is, this must be waffle. How can one, how can this woman mm -hmm. be so nice? Because mm -hmm. to be honest, a lot mm -hmm. of hairdressers are not, yeah. There's a lot of egos, and yeah. I can say that I'm not going to mention names, yeah. but there are a lot of egos, especially in hair. So I was thinking, mm. this this can't be real. And then I met her, and I was like, mm. oh my god, <laughs> it's beyond real. So how, yeah. how do you, how are you, how do you stay grounded? You know, you're a mother, multiple business owner. Mm. You travel a lot. Mm -hmm. You've got more products. You've done a documentary. All of these tenants to your life, and yet you are so calm and so grounded. How do you, I think it's so important that women at home hear that who are trying mm. to juggle like babies and new jobs yeah. and back to work mm -hmm. and uh, social stress, life, yeah. stress, mm -hmm. exercise. Yeah. How do you, how does Charlotte Mensa do it? I feel like for me, obviously my support system is really strong. So I have a really, really good husband because mm. I think having a good partner is one important thing that people don't really talk about, you know, their partners or they're looking for someone who has a lot of money or something. But to me, it's character. Mm -hmm. Character is really important. Someone who supports you, someone who's not jealous of you. Because so many people I know, they have these partners that are so, well, you can't do this, you've got to do that. You can't. So they're not, you know, they're not able to really be 100% themselves. Mm. But my husband's like, he's not even interested in it. He's just like, do whatever, Charlotte, are you happy? I come home. You know, you can see that I'm full of joy because I'm always buzzing. Like, I get my energy off people. Also, I'm a very spiritual person. So when I leave my salon and go home, or if I'm on a shoot or I'm away or whatever, I'm very, like, as much as people, I'm quite private. Mm. As much as people see that I post stuff and whatever, I'm very, like, who comes to my house, who's around me, yeah, I'm very particular. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like, and, like, my family is so important to me. So, like... Like, I like to really have a good cookout on Sunday. We all sit down and eat together. Um, my kids, sometimes, my husband doesn't like coming out to any of this fancy work stuff. So I'll take my kids with me. Nice. Like, and so, so me nice. and my children have this, yeah. like, people see and say, are they your children or are they your friends? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like no, there's boundaries there. Listen, they, they are my children, but friendly with each other. Yeah, but at yeah, the same yeah. time, they know I'm their mum. But I think, like... When you're asking about groundedness and just, you know, being this person, I feel like I am very happy with who I am. I accept myself. I find a lot of people in my industry are just, everyone's chasing something that doesn't mm. even exist. Mm -hmm. And I'm not in a hurry, like, to be this thing or whatever. I'm just happy to just go along with the process. Mm -hmm. And whatever it is, I'm just grateful to be alive. You know, and yeah. doing what I love doing. I think I really like when you speak about, uh, I guess, the patience and mm -hmm. not going slow, because I don't mm. want to say that, but just going at a pace that suits you. Mm. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, I'm sure that there'll be loads of people listening and I can definitely, I know for us, like, we know what it's like in terms of, I think maybe it's more for like, maybe our generation with yeah. social media, it's like, got to do this and it's yeah. got to be done yesterday. Yeah. And yeah. You can't just launch, you've got to launch and it be a, a bestseller. Thing, yeah. Yeah. It's huge. Double and it's yeah. like, mm -hmm. why is that even the case? Why can't it not just be, let me just go bit by bit because yeah. progress is still progress yeah. rather than I've got to hit X million in yeah. two yeah. weeks. Yeah. Like, 
stressful. Yeah, it's very stressful. And it comes with a lot of consequences as well. So like I said, we all need balance. Mm -hmm. Too much of anything is not good for anyone. But like you said, we're not saying to go slow, but you know, you're, you're, you're on your own journey. You're slaying in your own lane, you know? So Mm -hmm. whatever it takes for you to get to the promised land or whatever that is for you, that's what it takes. And it's not about looking at what someone's doing over there or Mm -hmm. what someone's doing on the right hand side. Just look at what you're doing and every day just be grateful. Like, hey, it's another day for me to have a go and make it better. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what it's about. And that's kind of been my mantra for Mm. since my mum passed away, really, because we've had to look after ourselves. You know, we had aunties and uncles that were supposed to be our guardian and they were treating us like we had to wait sometimes for them to sleep, for us to put like mats on the floor to sleep. Oh, wow. Yeah, so if you've been through that kind of life and you're yeah. here, you're like, wow, you know, I yeah. am, what can't I do? Because, yeah. you know, I've had this angel who's literally led me to where I am now. Mm-hmm. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm really, really winning with what I'm yeah. doing. So yeah. why do I need to be, oh, I need to be like this person? Or I need to be, I don't. Yeah, just, they, they yeah. say comparison is the thief of joy. Listen, exactly. it's exactly. so true. Mm-hmm. It's so true. And you see, you see people like, especially when you do hair, you see people come in and they're so like broken because they're so trying to be like someone else. And you're like, but that's not you. Why are you hanging out with this person? Trying to, yeah. That's not your life. If you want to play with them, maybe play a game when you're out together, but still remain who you are. Yeah. Sherry, I'm going to ask you the same question in terms yeah. of the kind of grounded because I, I feel like I, I like that question. I feel like that's mm. it's, it's important for mm-hmm. people to hear that. You know, you're doing a lot here. Mm-hmm. You know, a <laughs> lifestyle lifestyle editor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that's you know restaurants, books, oh, culture. Amazing. It's travel. so yeah. travel. So many different oh. um, kind of verticals. Mm-hmm. How do you balance that? Because I feel like you're also a very kind of calm, mm. relaxed energy. <laughs> <laughs> I think similar to what Charlotte said, family for me is so mm. important friendships like my core group of girlfriends like we all have each other's backs and when I go to them I know that my cup is half full Mm. rather than depleted like they re-energize me Mm. and we're all very supportive of each other it's really hard in today's right now when Mm. you're comparing yourself like oh my friends bought this house or you know so-and-so's on this income and it's like oh I'm not quite there but it doesn't matter because I'm on my own journey Mm. cannot compare and and yeah just enjoying it like enjoying the life that you know that you have and I feel like it's getting really deep now yeah. but yeah no, enjoy <laughs> what we need have. we need some depth yeah, yeah exactly and um because life is it's, it's really hard it can mm-hmm. be um it can be you know there are times where it's awful um so just being present in those moments where mm-hmm. like now right now I'm like this is like a dream come true we're talking <laughs> no honestly I don't say that lightly we're talking about black beauty yeah. on a podcast yeah. at Sherlock yeah this is like a mega thing we're with oh, Charlotte Menser the oh, font of black beauty amazing. in the UK Literally. like just sometimes sitting back and being like wow this is like this is really cool do you know what you're actually so right when you said about presence and oh, there's so much important so, you know be present be in the moment mm. and it's like yeah we're like yeah like what what are we doing we're having a conversation on a sofa it's gonna go out and people mm. listen to it but actually in terms of what are we actually doing? We're yeah. having a chat with the icon of black hair globally oh, on the Honestly. like on a sofa. It just feels oh. like we're just like in one of our houses. Yeah. But knowing like actually that this maybe five years ago, ten years ago, it wouldn't have been a yeah. thing. And that mm, yeah. progress and mm-hmm. that journey, the mm-hmm. fact that now to tell these stories, which should always they should always have been amplified. Mm, yeah. 
But actually the importance of bringing those stories to life and us hearing different and diverse voices mm -hmm. is is a big, yeah, you're right. Like yeah. being present is, this mm -hmm. is a big, this is a big deal. Yeah, exactly. Um, we will touch on product because I guess it couldn't really be a Blackbeach <laughs> podcast without product. Um, Charlotte, you've obviously got your own brand. Mm -hmm. So outside of your own brand, mm -hmm. maybe let's not do hair actually. Yeah. Um, if anyone doesn't know, she has an award-winning hair care line. It's doing incredibly well. <laughs> Um, and a scalp scrub coming mm. soon, which we're yeah. very excited for. Um, but I know that you, I remember watching that in the bathroom with mm. Sally Hughes and that was, that was years ago, like way pre COVID. Mm -hmm. yes. And I know that beauty and your rituals are very part of like, probably how you stay so relaxed. Mm. What are some of your favorite products? Do you know what? I am, my number one would always be Chantecal. The rose oil, I've used yes. it for so many years. No, I used to work for Chantecal back Did in the you? day. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's wow. such a lovely brand. It's such a beautiful brand. And then recently, well, like about three years now, I've been using Susanna Kaufman. Oh, yeah. Oh, she yeah. is incredible as well. Like mm -hmm. her products are so rich. Yeah. Like I yeah. love the body butter. I love her scrubs as well. Yeah. But, um, Do you like baths? Yeah, I love, yeah. like, on a Sunday, I could spend, like, five hours in my... <laughs> after <laughs> so I've done relaxing. all that cooking, I'm like, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to be... I mean, I literally redid my bathroom just so that I can have, oh, like, wow. a spa-like mm. experience. Nice. Oh, yeah. what a treat. That sounds so <laughs> Yeah, so I have to bring my books there to read, mm -hmm. put my candles on. What's your favourite yeah. candle? Cause I have my own awake. Oh yeah, of candle, course, of course. But I do like some diptyque candles too. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, they have some really good ones as well. I, I am an wrong. official diptyque fan girl. Yeah, yeah, I bet it's... they have some great ones. Mm. Let's say when you're getting ready, mm. what for you is like you can't leave the house until you've done X. What, oh, what is okay. it? That's a good question. Yeah, I think for me, I always sleep. Like, I always think I have to take one thing off. I always Ooh. look in the mirror and I think. Oh, maybe that earring doesn't work. Let's take that off or take down the, you know, eyeshadow. Because I love doing this really dark eyes, like in the yeah, evenings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm a very minimalist person when it comes to makeup anyway. Skincare is more important to me than actually applying makeup. But I do still like eyeliner and mascara yeah. mm -hmm. and blushes. But um, yeah, I always feel like I have to take one thing off. One thing off. Yeah. Very kind of Coco Chanel. I was about to say Coco yeah. Chanel. <laughs> yeah, it's very chic. But it's yeah. not it's not a it's not a it's not a pearl necklace, it's like take off a lipstick. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll put it on and then I'll be like, mm, I'm thinking I'm going out with it and then take it soon off. Soon as I'm back, yeah, I'll take it off because mm. I'm like, actually I prefer it to be nude. Mm -hmm. I yeah. the same thing happened. Like when I was mm. in my early twenties, mm. red lipstick all the, the time. time. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. And then I got older and I was like, I'm not into this anymore. Mm. And now I might do one maybe once a month. Yeah. yeah. But otherwise it just feels like too much on my face yeah. now. It's I like, like going through like makeup or hair eras. Mm. What like, era are you in now? Oh, what era am I in now? I am in my, I would say quite natural makeup. I think on my ideal yeah. is to wear nothing. Nothing, yeah. But honestly, yeah. as long as my eyebrows are done and my yeah. hair looks... Your eyebrows it's are amazing, fantastic. It's amazing, actually. Oh my God, thank you. They're very full. Like, they're thank probably you. the best eyebrows I've seen mm. in quite a while. Oh yeah. my goodness, thank you so much. Where do you go really to get nice. them done? 
I nowhere. I do them myself. Wow. Yeah, I don't oh, really trust because so my shape. Um, I'm l- lucky that the shape oh, is quite good. So yeah, I just use um, my number one thing is clear mascara. Not even wow. brow gel. Yeah. Natural collection. Clear mascara. Two pound from oh, Boots. Clear really? mascara. Better than any brow gel that I've tried. Wow. That's my number. Oh, one I used thing. To, oh my god, clear I used to have that exact. On your, yes. um, yeah. On the brows. Oh, yeah. Wow. So a little bit of eyebrow pencil and then just use that. Um, That's a very good idea. Mm, and it's so affordable. So yeah, mm. eyebrows, hair looking vaguely done-ish, not, mm. not too wild. And that's it. Where mm. I feel like your era right now is like glowy skin. Yeah, she's got like the best. The cu- mm. looking so good. You're looking Honestly, amazing. It's the hair uh, on point. I don't the know. Hair does look like, on point. Yeah. I don't know what my, my one thing would probably be blusher, you know, mm. like. I can go without. But you got mascara. amazing brows too. Look how yeah, you have. Yeah, yeah. It's. I yeah. think it's my dad. So I've got my dad's eyebrows. Amazing. So I've got brow gel on, but clear. Mm. Like, and yeah. I love a clear mascara like Sherry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But for me, blusher just changes mm. on any skin tone. You know, yes. whether you're super fair or kind of beautiful, rich skin, mm. the right tone yeah. just brings that life. It mm. does. Like, I would actually sure. na- before I was always about bronzer. Yeah. Whereas now I'm like, no, yeah, blush. The power of blush. Yeah. Power of blush. And there's so many good ones out there. There so are. many. That yeah. actually cater for mm-hmm. all. I remember back in the day, we're like, oh, like one of my white friends, I'll try this blush, and I'm like, this isn't working for me. Yeah. Do you know who I'm actually loving mm-hmm. is this Gucci Westman? Oh my god. We spoke the about this rain. last time. Oh, we did, I need yeah. to get some, like, literally, I was like, Jesus Christ, this stuff is so good. It's the quality amazing. is amazing. Someone mm-hmm. gave me a mascara and like, I was like, this is just like out of this yeah. world. Mm. It's so well made. And it's like, it's not sticky, it's just... And it's Mm. the most beautiful packaging. Mm -hmm. Like, the quality is just next level. Mm. Really nice Um, gift as well. Yes. Mm. It was a nice self-gift. My self-gift, to be quite honest. Are there any products, hair products, Mm. like, not in your line that you still rate? Do you know what I love? um, I used to use this Paul Mitchell foam pomade. Like, I love that product. I've used it for maybe... Over 30 years. What, like what, what, what does it do? It's like a mousse. Okay, so you can yeah. set the hair. It has like a really glossy finish. Mm-hmm. It's not crunchy. I love a mousse. Yeah. In terms of your involvement with um, like the education of hair, is that something that you're... you're what do you... Yeah, so how, how I'm actually in the middle of also writing the... A course that I've got two students that are coming from Yorkshire. They're like, we want to wait for you to teach us. But it's, mine is really different. It's not this sort of, um, it's kind of more personal and just taking it right to the beginning, even how you talk to your clients. Because I feel like, I feel like a lot of people want to know style hair and that, but okay, you don't have much relationship with a black person. How do you then start doing their hair? Yeah, so yeah, you've got yeah, to teach yeah, yeah. them all of like. Oh, are they white? They're yes. white. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like, you know, communication skills is so important. The kind of language you use, because. There's nothing worse than a black person walking into your store and then you call everyone in the salon, come and look at her hair. It's not, <laughs> oh, come no, on, it's yeah, not no. a freak show, do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And everyone's touching you. And yeah. So my whole thing, I spent like an hour, the first part of the course is just teaching you how to welcome someone. Mm-hmm. How do you even advertise for people to know that you do yeah, cater yeah, yeah. for? So what you put in the window, mm-hmm. how you word it. Mm-hmm. So all that's of that, before so we even powerful. get to yeah, the so actual, because learning, I think doing hair is, it's a fiber, isn't it? It's like sewing, it's fabric. Mm. Anyone can, but how am I with you? Why, how can I, how mm. can I get you to be relaxed and comfortable with me? Yeah, yeah, For me yeah. to be able to say this works mm. and this doesn't. So that's especially when it's from kind of 
pockets around the UK where there's yeah, not a high like black population. Yeah. And then you've then got someone that's, so you're already kind of one of one. Yeah. And then go into a hairdresser where it's then a white hairdresser. That's it. How mm. am I going to trust you? Yes. To, to yes. know what to do yeah. when I can't even, even buy Even down to stuff. the music you played. Like it has yeah. to be, so you know, true. and even like I always say, what about starting to read books? Because to, to do black hair, you need to know black history. It's yes. not just this hair that's sat in front of you. There's been so much trauma mm -hmm. within this one person that sat there. And there's like a a bit of a gap of like, mm, do I trust her? Do, you know, yeah, and even yeah, yeah. you're feeling the type of way, they're feeling the type of way. So how do you bring that harmony? Mm -hmm. So first and foremost, you need to learn how to communicate. Yes. Because mm -hmm. communicate, learn a bit about their culture. Let them feel that warmth. Mm -hmm. Then yeah. they'll be able to come back the next time. Then yeah. it gets better because when you're, I feel like even with my stylists and my my team, like when they first come in, they're all a bit like shaking. The more they relax and the more they get to know, yeah, yeah, yeah. the more their work is coming out. But I'm like, wow, did yeah. you do that blow dry? That's amazing. Yeah. Did you do that styling? But it takes that time, that, you know, that journey, mm -hmm. that process. So you've obviously got your own brand, which mm. like we said is doing very well. And obviously we know that there's a lot of challenges that black founders face, mm -hmm. lack of funding, lack of access to funding and education, but there are so many black brands thriving. Yes. So yeah. I want to ask both of you the question in terms of black brands that you're loving and supporting right now, mm -hmm. who is on your kind of wish list or who was in your bathroom? Even, mm, who's in my bathroom? There's quite a few actually. Like I worked a lot with Tracy Ellis Ross. So I have a lot of pattern products. Love. Wow. Yeah, I even have the tools. Like, oh, nice. Yeah, she's always sending me, and it's a new this, a new that. I'm like, wow, you've got a lot of stuff. But um, yeah, so I'm liking that a lot. There's also Ruka. They're always sending me stuff as well. they got Love. like about have you tried, so have you tried many. anything? No, I haven't. Oh, yeah. my gosh. And they just in Surfages, right? Yeah, yeah. so they, they're really doing well with their brand. So Ruka have... Um, the hair extensions, hair extensions yeah. and clippings, mm -hmm. but then they've also got like, they've got a hair Work perfume, well, yeah. the hair perfume, mm. and that's what I like is I love a black brand that's not saying we're only for black yeah. people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That hair perfume mm. for me, everybody should buy. It's like thirty quid. Mm. Whenever I use it, people like people in the office are like, "How come you smell so good?" Yeah. And it is that, and I know a lot of because there's no oiliness. Mm. You know, it's, yeah. it's literally fragrance. Like, yeah. yeah, beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, and I like yeah. that they're like that they're kind of black British. Yeah. I think mm. that's really important yeah. as well. Mm. Sherry, for you, any black owned brands that are on your kind of wish Ooh, list? Two. So I really love Diziac. Oh mm. yeah, that's yeah. like that was probably one of the first like really mm. sleek brands that was a bit more expensive. Like I thought, mm. oh, I'm really gonna treat myself mm. to one of their products. The hair mask yeah. is so good. And then a new brand that I discovered, and if you've used it, it's called Trepadora. Yes, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is I think US based. Yeah. Um, but one of the best products that they have is actually it's like a towel for your hair, oh. and it's a really lovely just cotton towel in like a rectangular shape. Mm. Um, because I often just use like cotton t-shirts. Yeah. I don't use a towel for frizziness. Mm. I've actually made a product for that. So it's um, like a microfiber towel. Exactly, but specifically for curly, um, curly textured hair. Mm. And Amazing. I thought it's so, so nice that they have. A product exactly mm. for that need that I yeah. really needed. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a really nice brand, and mm. their hair care as well is is good. Mm. Really nice. Amazing. What about so, you, Ria? Any? I think so. I mean, I agree with you in terms. Of, I love Pattern. Mm. I love Rika. I love Diziac, mm -hmm. and I also love Loretta, the founder. Um, I'm really interested in. I like it when. 
people, regardless of whether they're black mm. or women, infiltrate areas that are traditionally like white male yeah. in particular. So I love, there's a loads of new kind of fragrance brands coming out now mm. that are black owned, which oh, is traditionally as a, such a, a, a heavily yeah. white mm. male space. Mm. Um, so there is a really cool brand from Sweden called Unifrom. And they do these fragrance like roller balls. They're Mm, very cool. Obviously, we've got Maya uh, Maya Mm Nije, who's been also kind of uh, black British. um, And we've got her in Liberty. She's got loads of great retailers. Uh, Another brand we're about to launch soon, actually, called... Love Stories, I believe. I might have to actually double check oh, the name. I love this brand. They're just is it beautiful? So cool. Beautiful. Yeah, mm-hmm. sounds nice. Beautiful vessels. Mm. Um, there's a really big fragrance group. I want to say that are launching something very soon, which mm. is kind of um, again has like ethnic backgrounds mm. and founders as part of the group, and it's That's exciting amazing. that people are kind of taking things seriously. Yeah, yeah. finally, finally, because it mm. is hard, and I think you know. It's really hard for brands to understand when, like, it's business, mm. and therefore sometimes the business, like the retailer, has to make really tough decisions. Or sometimes, mm. again, like people don't know basic things about business. They're in so yeah. much of a rush to just launch, and then they forget about the supply chain or the mm. boring yeah. finance numbers. And it's like that's the crux of a business. Mm. The crux isn't the product. The, mm-hmm. the crux is. Is there margin? Can he make yeah, profit? Yeah. Like, are you going to be able to survive? Is mm. your cash flow there? Yep. And those aren't sexy and those aren't mm. fun. And I think that there's a lot of work to do in terms of access to education, like biz- like the fundamentals of business education mm. to be the next level of empowerment for black owned businesses, which, I mean, I can't say anything, but I am working on something uh, with, with work. Exciting. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's the next step. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, really how important. do we empower future entrepreneurs um especially yeah those from marginalized backgrounds Mm, because that's that's what i want you know Mm. you can give someone cash but if they don't know how to spend the cash then they're still going to fail yeah Yeah. it's like beyond cash what what can we do so um i have to get you involved in that actually i'd love to we will get you involved involved. that's so the Um, kind of thing that i love doing well thank you both so much for a very nourishing conversation i've got to say it's been an absolute pleasure, as yeah. always. Mm-hmm. So it's a goodbye from me, Rhea Cartwright, and goodbye again from Sherry and Charlotte. Oh, Thank you, Rhea. That was so nice. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.